When a fellow believer shares his or her story with you, what grabs your attention? Are there certain themes you listen for? Are there commonalities amidst the diversity and complexity of our individual stories? Experiences that we share and that map onto a basic framework of understanding? I'm glad to welcome you as a listener to this podcast. I'm Mike Emlett, counselor and faculty member at the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, CCEF. In conjunction with the release of my new book, Saints, Sufferers, and Sinners, Loving Others as God Loves Us, you're about to hear a new podcast series during which I'll interview several of my colleagues at CCEF. During these conversations, we'll explore the intersection of three struggles common to each of us as believers in Christ. The first is the struggle to ground our foundational identity in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Who am I, really, and how do I live each day in light of that identity is a question we find ourselves revisiting often as believers. What does it truly mean to live as a daughter or son of our Heavenly Father, a saint who is secure in Christ. The second is the struggle with suffering. We all wrestle with various hardships and afflictions, whether they arise from bodily weakness, relationships, or the situational challenges of life, whether they be traffic jams, financial hardships, or pandemics. How do we draw near to God? who is an ever-present help in times of trouble. How do we help others do that? Third is the struggle with sin. We all wrestle with the evil that dwells within our hearts and erupts in words and deeds that harm others and ourselves. How do we reckon with the fact that, as the Apostle Paul says, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me? How does God help us grow in holiness? Moreover, how do we speak wisely and winsomely to those mired in sin? As Christians, we share the experience of simultaneously being saints, sufferers, and sinners. Knowing one another and loving one another well requires that we attend to these three foundational experiences. So join me now in listening to Stories from Saints, Sufferers, and Sinners. In the final installment of this podcast series, I'm honored to spend time with Dave Casey. Dave has been the staff accountant at CCEF for around seven years. He is married to his wife, Stacia, and they have a five-year-old son and two dogs. Dave has an MA in theological studies. In his spare time, he likes to tinker around his somewhat dated house, trying to fix things as long as it's not too big of a project. 
He, like others of us in Philadelphia, likes the Eagles and Sixers, although he considers himself a bit of a fair-weather fan, uh, tuning out when the teams start to tank. Yes, such is the life cycle of the Philadelphia sports fan. Uh, Dave enjoys books by John Grisham, and his favorite Christian author is Eugene Peterson. Before becoming a father, he played a lot of basketball, but now he switched to running and hiking. As always, I want to highlight a few things to listen for in our conversation. The preaching of the Word was instrumental for Dave's growth in Christ. We've spent a lot of time talking in the podcasts about how prayer and personal intake of God's Word, as well as conversations with other believers, are critical for our lives as saints, sufferers, and sinners. But we need to remember just how foundational corporate worship is for our journey as believers in Christ. Dave also speaks very honestly of the gap that exists between theological knowledge and practical living. And that would be a good question to ask yourself at the conclusion of the podcast. Where do I see those gaps in my life? Tied to this, Dave talks about how important it was for him that his pastors were transparent about their own struggles. And at the same time, he cautions us about being enamored by the latest and greatest pastor or theologian, but rather to be enamored by Jesus. No one but Jesus uh, can be Jesus for us. And then lastly, this was really encouraging to me. Dave talks about how the strain and isolation of the pandemic, along with his wife's military deployment, have led to the painful but liberating experience of being brought to the end of himself, learning to live as a finite human being with only so much control over his life. As he puts it, the rough edges of his life are being sanded away in the midst of God meeting him in his suffering. Well, Dave, I'm really thankful for the opportunity to to uh, talk together today and just hear a little bit more about uh, about your life, uh, your life in Christ, and the ways in which He's He's been at work and continues to be at work in in your life. So maybe uh, we can start with just your your own journey uh, to faith. Mm-hmm. What what has that been like? How did you have did you come to know Christ? Sure. Um, well, I grew up in a a Christian home. Uh, you know, like. Uh, we went to a Baptist church. My dad was uh, in seminary, so we were very involved. And uh, I would, I like, I made a profession of faith at the age of five, but I don't really remember anything about it. It wasn't until the age of fifteen where I really became more like truly mm-hmm. committed to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Where we went to a different church. My dad became an assistant pastor, and they had a real like vibrant youth group that had a real like healthy program to it and that's and so like particularly the preaching but also like they had a like bible memory program they had different things you could do to to um earn a spot on a missions trip and it was it was a really cool idea Hmm. but anyway that's when i that's really when you know my faith took hold like for Hmm. myself and i was really it's the first time i can remember being like remorseful over sin or of, mm-hmm. you know, like convicted over sin or like really caring about what God said mm-hmm. so about, yeah, 
at the age of 15. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like your your involvement in uh, particularly the the youth uh, that you had peers that were you know serious about their their walk with Christ. But could you talk a little bit more about that, just in terms of how? And this is probably a theme we can extend in, into the present as well. But just even then, how uh, how instrumental other people were in terms of you growing uh, in your in your faith. Yeah, that's a good question. I would say to be, you know, real honest, like I don't, I don't feel like the relationships that much in that um, Christian subculture would necessarily have been something that was really impactful, but it was definitely the, like the preaching and the teaching mm. and the activities. Mm -hmm. That's how I, and... I think that kind of goes in line with their philosophy of ministry, to be honest, as well. But, mm. like, I don't, mm -hmm. yeah, I, it really wasn't a specific pastor or mentor at the time. Mm -hmm. Down the road, it definitely was, but, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, but at that time, it was more like the, the preaching of the words, the, the other activities that were formative in terms of discipleship and yeah. things like that that sounds like was a big influence. Yeah, like I don't, you know, just vaguely remember, I never really p remember paying that much attention to even sermons and stuff before then. And mm. then, because it was actually like a Wednesday night thing and they were actually like preached to you, like you're preached to teens. Mm. And you were just like, whoa, this, this guy's talking mm. to me. Mm. He's challenging me. It's not just the adults, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, whoa, really and what he's targeted. saying. And what he's saying is like, I'm convicted. Like, oh yeah, yeah that I'm, hmm. I'm wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm a sinner. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's where it really became real. And even like in making choices, because like you, when you move and you like start making new friends at the church, and even like the decisions, even like sinful decisions or things I would like be a part of, you know, in secret. Like, like I was very convicted by that. You know, after mm. that, like, it was like, I can't, like, I had to go to those guys and say, I can't be a part of this anymore. I can't talk mm. that way. I can't do that with you. Mm -hmm. like, there was a, there was a big, there was a big, a real shift. Wow. Um, yeah. So. Well, and what, and, and then move, move me forward a bit. Like, yeah. what happened after that? So that, at that point, things, you took your faith a lot more seriously, just, started walking in the light more. Yeah. What happened What happened then? Well, my dad then got a job at a, a small Bible college, and so I went to college there because I had free school. Mm -hmm. Didn't really have a, you know, probably did have a choice, but I didn't really think about having a choice. Like, I get free school, so I might as well go here. <laughs> so... It matters down the line, that's yeah. for sure. Is. Yeah, I'm very grateful not a... for, yeah, no school debt. But, uh, and um, then I went, like, I went to seminary after that to a seminary out here, a Baptist seminary. Um, and I just felt, I think the way you were taught there and just kind of was expected, um, I would say was, like, if you're in a man and you really want to serve God, then like the logical next step is you become a pastor. 
This is kind of mm. the, mm -hmm. once again, it wasn't like explicitly said, but it's kind of just like assumed in the background almost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's not really like a evaluation of your skill set or how you, you know, how you're wired. It's just kind of like that's, and I really, like I was a student body chaplain my senior year and I really enjoyed that. Um, I got to preach and disciple and like, I liked that, but it really was, uh, in seminary, it was another like really formative time for me, just like personally and walking with the Lord. It was like a very hard time for me. Hmm. Um, I, that's when I became like addicted to pornography. Hmm. Um, and it was just like this huge gulf of hypocrisy hmm. that was you know, obviously really hard to deal with. Um, and so I, and I didn't really know what to do with that. I didn't really have any resources or like mm -hmm. how to deal with that in a, in a real good manner. So I, that, and just, it was just really difficult. I was working full time and going to seminary and just felt dry as a bone spiritually. So then I pulled mm -hmm. out of seminary to get involved in like a small church replant in Northeast Philadelphia called Grace Bible Church. And that was where I became exposed to like Reformed theology it's mm -hmm. also where I became um, roommates to Michael Gambola, who exposed me to CCF. Yeah. Um, and that's really where a lot of, you know, dynamic change or reoriented thinking, like, yeah, completely, mm. completely changed my understanding of Christianity, I would say, or like, just like, I realized so much of the reason I was going to seminary was I was trying to answer bigger questions about myself and about my faith that I couldn't really figure out. Hmm. And then when kind of getting, ex getting more exposed to Reformed theology and, and like it connected the dots so much for me and then like really taking David Pallison's class of dynamics of spiritual change was like just all these light bulbs finally going off in my mind like, hmm. okay, no one else has been able to explain this to me very well. Hmm. And this guy is finally explaining. It's finally making sense. You're you're golfing. You're you're bridging this big gap for me between mm -hmm. your like theological training and practical living that no one else has been able to do for me. Mm. Like it's always been this. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so like, uh, how can I know? How can I know so much or know, know all these things, and yet it not it not touch down in my day to day life, or it exactly. not seem to have much impact? Exactly. And even like, yeah, why do I sin? What's the motivations? What are the bigger, mm -hmm. deeper reasons? Like, my background. Even I had counseling minor, and it was just very much more uh, counseling based, or just like you, you know, just kind of slap a verse on it and go be go behave better, and that didn't. Mm -hmm. That clearly didn't work in my personal life. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. like, yeah. so, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So there was a lot of, and obviously change is very slow too, but that's where, like, the, the reorienting, the, re the recalibrating uh, began. Mm -hmm. So... Can, can you talk about that in terms of just that you talked about kind of the, the huge shift that, that, took, that took place as you, um, as you moved to Philly, you got involved at this new church, got exposed to CCF. Um, yeah, to the extent that you, you know, feel, feel free to share about just the ways in which that started to, to change you personally. Bridge that gap that you were talking about. Yeah, I mean, I... 
I think I was in a very healthy church culture there where like the pastors were very open about their own sins and failings, which I'd never ever heard that before. I was always mm-hmm. like one of my goals of being a pastor being was being the expert, not having not struggling with sin, like all the I, I was looking to reach this level where it wasn't a, a, a problem anymore. That really was, I thought, was able to attain. Or yeah. like, that's why I'm getting all this training, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and these guys were not that way at all. And they were, and it was so refreshing, mm-hmm. so humbling, like, even from the pulpit, confessing mm-hmm. their own sins and their failings. And I'd never heard that anywhere before, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and so that was huge um, and just, myself being that way more and more and uh yeah like but and there you know clearly ups and downs but like yeah it was just a huge like i would probably honestly take it for granted more than i should you know now that i've been in that mentality or that theological wavelength for probably like 10 12 years but like mm-hmm. you do take it for granted like it's just so like i even would struggle because of my seminary training and like own personal study like trying to wrestle with like well you gotta in a sermon you gotta tell me something to do because that's what that's mm-hmm. what we're supposed to be about we just gotta yeah. get something done yeah. like yeah like it's just can't be a sermon mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. you can't just like praise god and leave it like that you know like yeah. <laughs> or stuff like do? that like yeah. you're mm-hmm. like really it's really hard to like when you've heard it one way your whole life like everything was emphasized on the commands you preach the mm-hmm. commands you do the commands like you obey yeah, that that is just drilled into you uh and like your position in christ your identity all the promises of God, all these, they're not really, they don't have any like everyday effect on your life or like that's kind mm-hmm. of your conversion and you're, you're going to heaven, but everything in between is just, you know, sit down and try to grind it out. And that, mm-hmm. that was clearly not working for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, nor anyone for that yeah, matter, right? Yeah. Like I think uh, we can... <laughs> Any of us who have had similar chunks of life like that, it's this this treadmill that it feels like you you simply can't get off of, and yeah. it's a it's a very lonely experience too, right? Like if if it's uh, you can't be transparent, you you're just trying to yeah. grind it out, as you say. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a good that that's a good way to describe my seminary experience too. Is very lonely, which is not a good thing. Um, so that's another reason why I got involved in the church I did and was very active and very, it was like my family. My family lives in Minnesota, so, you know, they were really Mm -hmm. my family out here. Um, so yeah, I just really, it's the theology and then like the relationships and valuing deep, deeper friendships, you know, based on Jesus and even, yeah, learning learning as you go, you know, as we all do mm-hmm. about how mm-hmm. that works. Yeah, and you, you highlighted too the importance, uh, it sounds like, of identity in Christ, like your 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 position in in him is something that just captured you in a in a new way. Could you talk more about that? Sure. Uh, I can a specific maybe I think a, a helpful angle that I don't know if I hear a lot or just for me was 
I realized in college and seminary, like I knew, you know, I had a dad who was trying to be godly. He was a um, very busy, hectic, trying to serve God. But I saw clearly his failings and his weakness and would be like, well, I don't want to be like that. And then, or whatever. And then I would, so then you kind of bounce to the next example next teacher it's john piper it's this next person like oh i just like want to emulate that person or like they have it all together or whatever and it finally it was actually like an addictions class we were doing for my church then where it finally clicked to me it was really a revelation about like what i'm looking for in all these other spiritual leaders is i'm looking for jesus and mm. they are not jesus not even close mm -hmm. And that was really incredibly liberating. Mm -hmm. um, that so why you why do you holding these guys up on a pedestal or why are you obsessed by them or why are you like kind of striving for that like once you find a failing or a weakness oh no they're not it so I go to the next one like mm -hmm. you're really looking for Jesus mm -hmm. and that was huge for me like I've I don't I am totally out of the loop of you know who's the greatest and latest theologians and speakers anymore. Like, I don't really care. <laughs> like, uh, maybe it's too extreme the other way, but it's like, um, mm. like, I know there's, you know, there's only one perfect man that I get mm -hmm. to follow and, mm. Amen. and serve, and that's Jesus. And so that, mm -hmm. yeah, that was a huge light bulb moment for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's no, there's no power, like in, in emulate like you see someone and you try to emulate them there's but there's no power source there there's no way to do it other than just kind of striving but yeah. with you know with Jesus he's you know he's given us a new heart and so, and mm -hmm. he's given us his spirit so there is this you know he enables us yeah. by his grace to to grow uh, up into him yeah, yeah. amen so Maybe a little more on this, just, uh, you know, you were talking earlier about how much of life was just kind of do the next thing, do it right, um, kind of a more behavioristic uh, approach. How, again, in this, in this transition, in involvement in your, in your church and um, exposure to CCF, can you talk about maybe ways in which you started to understand better the heart behind uh, some of your, your sin patterns, whether it's you know related, as you were saying, to, to pornography or other things, like things that are kind of beneath the surface and sure. that, that issue forth in these things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was definitely learning and, and understanding that, like even seeing... Yeah, sin patterns or times when I'm was weakest or yeah, seeing your but going back to what you're saying, like the heart issue and like really another thing, even what I was looking for maybe with a mentor or in other relationships that only like Jesus can fulfill too. And I think that's part of the a big part of like the lust escapism as well and that you don't even realize that there is a uh, spiritual real spiritual component or like an intimacy component 
mm -hmm. that you're looking for that you don't even realize that you, you know, the world would just say it's just biological or whatever, like say that it's just this scientific desire almost and it's and it's not like you're looking for belonging and intimacy and you don't or not being alone or not yeah or someone to truly understand me and truly know me mm -hmm. that only comes from ultimately from jesus and from mm -hmm. his spirit and doesn't have to be contingent on yeah on all the things that our world is like about whether you have conflict with the relationship or with my wife or with difficulties that, you know, it's the constant of Christ mm. is there unlike anything mm -hmm. else. Yeah. Yeah. These other, these other places can be very alluring, can, but they're, but they're counterfeit, uh, counterfeit intimacy you were talking about. Mm -hmm. or, um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you're just, yeah, you're just highlighting this solid rockness you know of of christ uh, in terms yeah that's of a huge been a walk. huge verse for me i forget the exact reference but like the word you know it's the verse about like where jesus is the rock where the winds come and the rains come and they try to blow the house and the first mm -hmm. house that doesn't isn't on the good foundation gets just wiped away but the house that's on the rock of christ can stand i mean that's a huge mm -hmm. uh verse and principle for my life as well mm. for a lot of things of when life is very tough or very stressful or difficult like you know my my life is built on on the rock of christ mm. amen well can you uh can you talk a little bit about both in terms of whether it's in periods of time in your life when you've been suffering or struggling with sin how people ministered to you like what what if what have been some helpful ways people have ministered to you or spoken into your life and maybe ways in which uh, this really wasn't that helpful and here's here's why <laughs> <laughs> oh yes um hmm. I'm trying to think of specific instances um Okay, I give a real positive one recently in the past year with the pandemic of my wife uh, got deployed because she's in the military. We have a five-year-old son and uh, it's incredibly terrifying to try to mm. navigate all that working, you know, full time with a son at home without any help. Mm. Uh, incredibly, definitely the most, you know, overwhelming experience I've had in my life. Mm. And, uh, my my actual father you know had an amazing t had an amazing time with him once where he shared a verse for me from Isaiah that was just super encouraging to me in that time and it was just so like refreshing to my soul and it was exactly what I needed and it was just a really amazing experience even as like hmm. especially as a father and a son I would say like I never had that I can recall had something like that with him before hmm. which is just like He's a teacher by nature, so, I mean, that's a blessing and a curse, but sometimes he can get into teacher mode, you know, and just kind of keep rambling, and it's not super helpful, but this was nothing like that, and it was just mm -hmm. like, this first really helped me in a horrible time where I couldn't sleep, and I couldn't, that's what my dad's saying, that's like, this was a verse that, and he actually, like, he's very musical, he made a song about it, 
Wow. And and he, yeah, he's really talented with music. And and but just like, so it was immensely personal to him this verse, and then he was sharing it to me in a time that was this you know a similar season of real immense suffering for me. Um, that was that was super powerful. I was hmm. just kind of blown away. Even the mm-hmm. timing of it, everything was all the spirit, all the Lord that did hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. be able to connect when we did in a busy day. And it was just like, that was amazing hmm. to me. Do you remember what the substance of the, the, the verse was in terms of what, uh, you know, what he was sharing? Of course I can't. At the, I wish I, it was like something like to the effect of like, yeah, like you're, like the Lord will fight for you or it's on your side or something. It was just like mm. a, one little blurb of, you know, he's, maybe I'm screwing it up. I have no idea. <laughs> but like, he's like for you and not against you. And it, mm. it just like, he's, he's in the midst of you, you know, with your, with your trouble. Like he's there with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was really, really powerful. Mm. It's neat, yeah. And as you said, kind of out of his own, out of his own struggles or suffering, and how the Lord ministered to him. It's kind of yeah. I never heard that, that story before him either. Yeah, like I never knew that he went through this. I never knew he responded like that. Honestly, like to be clinging mm-hmm. on to a verse like that that was such a mm-hmm. lifeline for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was really mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, so it was very personal in that sense to, yeah. to him. Not just a, as you said, like a kind of a teaching moment, but something that he's saying, this is how the Lord met me, and maybe this would be helpful to you as, yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you talk about other ways in which the Lord met you during that, you know, that, uh, you know, your wife's deployment? Because that, as you said, I remember you at times in, you know, prayer meeting at CCF talking about the, the challenges of that, of course. So, can you talk a little bit more about that in terms of just how, how God has met you? What what scriptures, maybe uh, other scriptures, came alive? Hmm. Um. Trying to think here. Uh, he met me a lot through music at that time. I would say a lot hmm. of worship music that I'm not normally big into that. Uh, but he really like with music that we would sing through our, at church, we would do it remotely, but I would like make a playlist of songs I didn't, hadn't heard before and I would play them over and over. And those are just immense, uh, I would say those are probably, yeah, those are like the most encouraging things. I've, I would get like very emotional oftentimes with them and weep and like even have that space to do that was really healthy. Um, so that, off the top of my head, that's what sticks out more than, uh, any specific scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think I, yeah, that was kind of the medium that I was needing at the time. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. God, you're right. I mean, God, God meets us where, where we are and that can be, you know, specifically something from scripture. It can be a word from another person as, as it was your example from your, from your dad, or he, he uses, he uses music that's uh, that's oriented to him as well. Yeah, well, it's in line with the Psalms and how much mm-hmm. David, yeah, spoke truths and promises to himself through that, and um, it's very powerful. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was definitely. And then I was going to counseling 
at CCF through it, and that was a huge lifeline, a huge like I don't think I I don't think I could have done it without it. Like that was just a huge blessing mm -hmm. to have that. Like I was always just always so encouraged after every mm -hmm. session, and this the counselor is very gifted and skilled, and yeah, that was really made a huge difference, even in like. Like, uh, and connecting, like, also what we're talking about, the themes of sin and suffering, like, I was clearly initially seeing, like, that them intertwined and, like, seamless almost for me, like, experiencing this immense suffering and then reacting sinfully to, mm. like, my son and to our dogs or just life, just getting angry and going, you know, just freaking out because mm -hmm. I don't know what to do, you know, and mm. I don't, um, that, so... I don't know, maybe I'm getting a little sidetracked there, but... No, that's... No, <laughs> like, you're right. Like, you're and right. Yeah. with that, like, horrified how I was reacting. I'm not normally that type of person at all. And mm. then, like, mm -hmm. I need to get counseling right now. Like, I need some help mm. outside of myself. There is no way I can do this Yeah. on yeah. my own. So, and so it was all that desperation to, um, like, forcing me almost to go get help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just highlighting that, you know, in the midst of immense, yeah, that was immense uh, suffering and an overwhelming kind of thing, essentially, to, to just be thrust into single parenting mm -hmm. uh, and full-time work and in the midst of a pandemic. It's, yeah. whew, that's yeah, they all heavy-duty weight, right, on you. And it's, Yeah, it was uh, all the things that weren't helpful not from a Christian standpoint, from just like the military standpoint of like, you know, the, all these lists of what you should do when you're the spouse of the deployed. And it's like, get as much help as possible. Hang out with as many people as possible. I can't do any of that. I have yeah. to be, I'm isolated in my house because mm -hmm. of a pandemic, you know, it was just like, so you're like, ha. Yeah. <laughs> the like, very things, right? Yeah, that, all the, uh, all the stuff you're supposed yeah. to do to cope, you cannot do. It's mm -hmm. like, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, which adds another la layer of oh, suffering yeah. and, and yeah. frustration uh, on, on top of it. Yeah, yeah. What, what what do you think you've you've learned during this time? Like, what what has God been hmm. teaching you um, just about yourself, about yeah. being a dad? Um, yeah, what are you learning? It's a great question. Um, I'm learning, I think it goes back to my background, but then we expand into all our backgrounds of your nationally uh, works-based righteousness, I think, yeah. <laughs> of just, yeah, like I can't, yeah, I can't really be right like that. I can't just earn my own way. And really, maybe this is a little controversial, I don't know, but like just giving myself a lot more grace and patience and not putting all this extra burden on myself. I mean, I was the oldest of three boys. I've always felt like kind of the responsibility of being doing the right thing, you know, mm -hmm. being a good example, trying to do the best thing and, and putting, I've realized that over years of just like, that's always been my prerogative. I put a lot of pressure on myself. Mm. Um, and that's really uh, wiped away a lot in this mm. pandemic, in the year of, which I really thank the Lord for, but it's also like, I guess that's kind of, 
proved obvious that I so clearly can't, like, I can barely survive just a normal life. Putting all these extra expectations and pressures on myself is just crushing. So I can't, mm -hmm. I just can't do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it's really been, that's also been liberating and just, yeah, kind of connecting to your more, your fallenness and your humanness and your weakness and uh, not, yeah, just do what God's called you to do for the day and you mm. don't have to, yeah, more often than not, you just don't have to keep trying to go above and beyond unless mm. it's absolutely necessary. Like in this season of life, in this pandemic, like you're just going to kill yourself if you're trying to mm. do that. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, hopefully that what answers does faithfulness? your question. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many things that you've just said yeah. here that are so uh, so helpful, Dave. I mean, like, just the just the idea of basic daily faithfulness. You know, what yeah. has God called me to today um, in, the, in the very tiny tasks, you mm -hmm. know, as opposed to here's my big to-do list, you know, for the day, which usually gets, you know, torn to shreds yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's that's one thing that just really stood out to me in terms of it almost seems like there's it's it's just this posture of receiving the day hmm. that the Lord gives rather than striving to make it a certain way. Yes. Yeah, it's really control like and part of it like we have to be careful like part of it is good like I'm the accountant here at CCF like part of the way I'm wired and my personality is to get things done very accurately and very like boom 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 and that's great but yes we're very thankful about that <laughs> like and so not just like once again going back to beating myself up or like i'm wired a specific way yeah, that's gifted yeah. me and skilled me but like when that spills into or so much i would say even before the pandemic of just trying to control everything and get very annoyed when my then four-year-old son is acting up or when this happens or like, cause I'm not in control. I can't just balance it. Like balance a, a book, the mm -hmm. QuickBooks, you know, like that's really kind of been sanded off the edges, mm. the rough edges of like, I can't, I, I mean, at any time my five-year-old could come through this door right now cause he's downstairs and that so it's been that way for a year. You know, yeah. so and that whittles away a lot of, at least for me, like a lot of mm. attempts at control, you know, mm. attempts at like, <laughs> that's just the way it is. Um, you mm. know, praise God I can be with him. Praise God that it's been actually really a big blessing to have him at home overall. And he really enjoys having time with mama and papa. And um, but like that kind of that attitude and that's really been the Lord mm. shifting. And especially I would say going through the the deployment and how hard that was um, kind of coming out. Just more, more grateful about the, just those things instead of being annoyed, you know, or mm. like, not that I don't always, I get, still get annoyed sometimes, but, <laughs> but uh, like, yeah, just much more like this is how it is. And that's, and that's, that's okay. And that, mm -hmm. and just kind of, I'm going to be interrupted. I'm going to have all this stuff that normally before the pandemic would have been really obnoxious to me. And then mm. now I'm just, that's my life right now. And God give, God give me enough grace to, to, to get through it. But it's not, mm. yeah. The, yeah, the sense of control or attempted control is really, thankfully, is really kind of 
gone away. I even notice in the way I talk with my wife oftentimes, or just like, just much, overall, like just much more patient and understanding and just kind of mm -hmm. like, that's probably a lot of her coming back and like how amazing, how difficult it is to do life without her. And, mm -hmm. um, but just like, even when we do get in arguments or spats, like to just like, I forgive you, I'm sorry, I do not want to fight, I don't want to, mm -hmm. where probably in the past it would be more willing to put up my dukes and go at it for <laughs> a few more sentences <laughs> or paragraphs or whatever. <laughs> like, no, it is just not worth it. Mm. Life is too short. Um, mm. You know, it is not worth doing that over mm. something just stupid, you know, whatever it is. It's usually, it's just... So it's something stupid. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We can make small things very big things yes, quickly, can't yeah. we? So yeah. uh, I'm very grateful for that. That's probably mm. over, like an overarching theme that I've, I've learned in this mm -hmm. past year of the pandemic. Yeah, that's, that's really amazing to hear. I mean, I think y you talked about just how, you know, when you have kind of a high standard for yourself or a performance kind of standard yeah. it's it's easy to be very self-critical and then it's very easy to be critical of others and mm -hmm. and you're right we ratchet we tend to ratchet up control you yep. know when it's when it's all up to us then we gotta we gotta make it happen yep. and it has to happen my way yep. um and so you're yeah you're just highlighting how the lord has been i liked your word just sanding that like this rough you know block of wood you oh, know yeah. sanding uh, sanding you over time and i've seen that i think it i've seen that in my parents marriage and my dad really has more and more he's for many years now just expressed how grateful he is for my mom and just seeing that over the decades the sanding of of their marriage, the refining, and it's been great to see, but I think that's more often what it takes is like decades. And not saying I won't revert anytime soon, but I just feel like the sanding has been a lot quicker mm -hmm. because of the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Like you really realize, yeah, like I don't, my, technically my wife could still be deployed, you know, anytime mm -hmm. or like, mm -hmm. so like you just, not, not, yeah, just not assuming that life will just be peachy in the same way it's always been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just not, yeah, not being, I mean, there's a lot that we, yeah, that we, that we take for granted that, uh, you know, whether it's the people around us or, you know, if I plug X, Y, and Z into this equation, this is what's going to come out. Like it just... Yeah, suffering doesn't work like that. And, yep. and you just highlighted how really the both end of suffering, like you saw it, you know, bring, you know, eruption of things from, from your heart. Yeah. But it was also the, the way, also the means that God used to, to reveal himself to you in, mm -hmm. in new and deeper ways that have, have resulted in, in just these incredible changes. So, Dave, you, you, were, you really highlighted, you know, uh, an amazing way in which your dad ministered to you in this, uh, in this really hard season. Have there, been, have there been times where others didn't minister to you well in a season of suffering, or you yourself uh, didn't minister to someone uh, helpfully in a, in a season of their suffering? Any, either of those would, would be possibilities. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, I think I'll camp 
or park on the when I've failed at ministering to suffering uh, people in church are like, yeah, definitely years ago and even really probably being not as exposed to CCF material or their approach to ministry was very emphasized. I emphasized the exhortation or really kind of challenging people uh, or confronting them and thinking it was like the right thing to do or just very aggressive with that, which not, not completely oblivious to how that could, yeah, hurt them or what their mental spiritual state is at the time. Mm -hmm. More of like, I need to exhort this person so they're going to get exhorted. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is what I think they yeah, need. Yeah, and really almost like wearing it as a badge of honor. That's my spiritual gift of exhortation. And sometimes it might have been, but most of the times it, uh, it, it was not very helpful, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Uh, and learning that through being like, now this is my second small group I've led or co-led. And you really learn a lot through mm -hmm. doing that. Like, and how, at least for me, like how that works. And the emphasis on like the patience of God and being patient with the people you're shepherding. Like that just cannot be overemphasized mm -hmm. versus like kind of, yeah, maybe my background or other, going back to what I talked about, like experts or pastors that you know are very exhortational very powerful and i think that they can be and they are but like you know preaching you know proclaiming from the pulpit is a very different than like just talking to someone you know in a city group or in a mm -hmm. even how you approach leading one or like so that's been a big that's definitely been a a shift in my thinking and my approach to people as well Mm -hmm. And maybe it's even at times been a little bit too much the other way. Like I don't want to offend and, and mm. I don't want to be too passive. And I've learned like there's certain people that you do have to exhort and uh, kind of call them out, especially if they're doing mm. something in public or kind of like, you know, bringing down the group. But yeah, the um, like not, yeah, this kind of blasting away with truth that is, you know, no doubt, are 100% theologically accurate, but it's just not the right time. It's not, mm. it's the worst time. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see that I've just been reading in the uh, Bible in a year plan with the book of Job to finish up the book of Job. And that is just like the perfect example of that, of these yeah. guys that are saying very theologically accurate things that mm -hmm. is just does not apply whatsoever. And it's just horrible what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And those things can coexist at the same yeah. time <laughs> good true you're like yeah. theological orthodoxy yeah. or yeah. truth but uh but bad bad timing and not oh, yeah. not uh applied to this particular person and yeah their, and their particular struggles yeah completely oblivious to their suffering those there is like or like yes yeah, kind of just automatically blaming it on sin or all the different ways that job's friends did that and it's mm -hmm. very awesome that you know, the Bible has such a, I don't know, Job is like 42 chapters or something about all that. Like, this kind of shows, goes into detail about, can record that, and yet, like how wrong they were, and they get rebuked at the end. Mm -hmm. And Job has to pray for them, so God doesn't smite them. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very uh, sobering, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of our 
just the opportunities that we have to, to, to come alongside people and not, not wanting to be miserable counselors as, uh, yeah. as Job's, Job's friends were. Oh, yeah, it's well said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you also highlight something that's, I think, really important, too, how it's hard to have this why um, wisdom in the moment to know, like, when is it, when is it appropriate to, to speak and maybe even speak boldly into, mm-hmm. into someone's life versus, you know, lay back and not, uh, you know, there may be a different way to, to, to handle that. And, mm-hmm. and we could easily kind of ping pong maybe between the yep. two, like we're either too fast and furious maybe with regard yep. to bringing something to bear or we were too hesitant, we're too passive. So I, I like what you said there in terms of that, that need for balance and, and for clarity in the moment in terms of what is, what is most needful for this person right now. Yep. And underlying truth com- and comfort for me and all of that too is that, you know, it's all God's grace and mercy that allows us to navigate that. And even when I do a poor job, like to trust, to make, for my my reaction to be just to lean in and trust God with what happened versus like, you know, trying to, my default mode is trying to decipher what went wrong and how can I fix it. And there's a part of that, but just like mm-hmm. to trust God and his sovereignty and his kindness and mercy to his people, to me and to other, the people I'm trying to minister to as kind of the, the underlying bedrock for what, mm. what's happening instead mm-hmm. of, like you said, of just trying to control the situation one way or the other. Like, yeah. oh, I went too far this way, so I'm going to swing back the other way. Like, mm-hmm. um, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, it really, um, you know, takes us back to those, some of those themes in terms of performance control. Uh, what do we do when, when, when we fail? Um, and if, if we have a performance mentality, it's just where there's no, there's nowhere to go. But when, when we, you know, when we fail in Christ, we, we are safe. We can, yeah. we can run to, we can run to him. Uh, he, he invites us to, to bring it into the light and he's there. His mercy is rich. Amen. Hmm. Any anything else that the Lord's been showing you uh, in Scripture? Anything that's that's you, you reference Job in terms of your reading, but anything that you've been else that you've been reading in Scripture or hearing, uh, you know, in sermon series that's that's lively that the the Lord's working into your into your day to day. Let's see here. Um... Yeah, I'm really grateful I've been doing this Bible in a Year plan. I'm doing it actually with my two brothers, my biological brothers. They live, one's in Indiana, one's in Minnesota, so we get to do it through the app together, and it's been really, really enjoyable. Um, it's done by Nicky Gumbel. I don't know if you're familiar with him, the guy who did the Alpha course. He's like a yes. bishop or something in the Anglican church, but I really yeah. like his... He has like a theme for the day... So he connects all the different passages together, and that's immensely helpful to me, hmm. I think, for anybody versus like trying to just digest random portions of scripture. Um, 
So that really helps me, like the theme really helps me orient to mm -hmm. what I'm even looking for as I read, you know, the Old Testament, the Psalms, the Proverbs, the New Testament. Uh, so I've really joined that. I've done that once before a couple years ago, and uh, I'm really thankful to be doing that again. I usually do it in the mornings before, like, getting out of bed. Um, and I don't know if there's anything specific that connects, sticks out, I'm trying to think. But it's just, it just so healthy to kind of get in the Bible every day and mm. see the theme, like just the, the stories afresh, I would say, of God's servants, of Joseph and all the suffering he went through and then eventually being you know, put in charge of like all of Egypt, but like, and how, you know, the, 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 the arc of Job and like just, I really enjoy like the narratives in particular. Mm -hmm. I really find uh, immense, uh, can relate to them, I guess, immensely. Mm -hmm. And it's get very encouraged that, um, you know, God uses really screwed up people. He's always has. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, 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 yeah, one of the Jacob's family was like one of the most dysfunctional families of all time. Ooh, and here yes. they were God's chosen family. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like unbelievable. So like that kind of stuff, like I really get, you know, freshly mm -hmm. amazed uh, by that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, all of us are on uh, like a Bible reading plan or probably in, in Genesis. It's interesting. I'm just, I'm reading the Joseph uh, narrative yeah. as well. And just, yeah, even, even last night in terms of he's in the, he's in the prison and, uh, you know, he asked the, you know, the, the, the cupbearer to remember him. And he says, sure. And then two years passes. And it's like, wow, two years. Yeah. It's just sometimes <laughs> we just kind of skim over that. But it's like, wow, we, you know, we've, we've had a, a very rough year in the, yeah. in the pandemic, but two years you know, yeah. in, the, in the dungeon. So just here, seeing how, wow, God, God, so in that in that moment, you look. What is God up to? You know, is he is he at work? But he but he was. But it was a long season, where I'm sure Joseph was wondering what what's happening. What's happening? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, think of anything. Um, I just like also in regards to my brothers. This has happened through the pandemic. I think really the catalyst has been the pandemic, but like we text each other pretty much every day that we uh, uh, are praying for each other and ask how we can pray or we share prayer requests. And that's been really sweet. And mm. you know, even modern technology, being able to text uh, to do that since we live so far apart. Um, that's been really a big blessing. Because, um, you know, by God's grace, they're both, you know, believers and want to pursue Jesus and so just kind of have that um, that's I, that's a very rare blessing for sure um, mm -hmm. to do that and even very affectionate in how we communicate more and more which is a very it's a wonderful thing it's a very mm -hmm. biblical thing but rare with men you know to mm -hmm. be not ashamed of our affection and our love for one another which mm -hmm. is really awesome mm -hmm. yeah that seems to be something that the Lord is it's just really built over the course of your life. You, when you were talking, when we were talking earlier about just the the influences in your teen years, it was much more public 
ministry in a sense of the word. But what mm -hmm. I what I hear now that it's so central, and it's not that that isn't uh, just as central, but mm -hmm. relationships with you, you know, with small group members, with your with your brothers. Um, it really seems to be God really weaving your your hearts together, and that's been part of the growth that you've that you've testified to. Yeah, I agree. And kind of to add to that as I'm thinking about it now, like really God proving his faithfulness in so many ways when it doesn't, it's kind of connects to the story of Joseph too, where when it doesn't on the surface or you don't in the day to day feel like he's being faithful or he's being, he's providing enough grace. And specifically when it comes to relationships and like I do have a lot of, I value deep, you know, male friendships and and have several of them like at at work, not the not being able to go to work, you know, and, and just feeling that much more isolation. And same with like not not getting together in person with people from city group and it's being very difficult, but at the same time like God provide has always provided other avenues. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't just leave me out on the island. Unless mm -hmm. I I myself want to be on an island, I guess, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But like he doesn't, he, he provides so many different ways to, yeah, to give us, you know, God-centered relationships when, yeah, when we think, at least for me, when I think that, oh, that's going to be really difficult or how am I going to, how's that going to happen or what, mm -hmm. you know, what's going to happen here? Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I'm really thankful for uh, for the time that we've had, Dave. I really appreciate your your honesty, your just sharing, opening your heart uh, mm -hmm. to to me and to those who will listen. So, thank you so much uh, for for the time. Sure, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CCEF podcast: Stories from Saints, Sufferers, and Sinners. If you haven't yet purchased a copy of Mike Emlett's new book, our friends at Westminster Bookstore are offering a 50% off special to our podcast listeners. Just go to WTSbooks.com, add Saints, Suffers, and Sinners to your cart, and at checkout, use the code SSSPOD. Also, we want to say a special thank you to poor Bishop Hooper for all the music in this episode. The music is from their newest project, Every Psalm, in which they aim to release a psalm-based song each week for all 150 psalms. Oh, the joy, the joy, the joy of those who delight in the law of the Lord. Oh, the joy, the joy, the joy.
Thank you.